0: Well, once again, I want to welcome you this morning to wherever you're watching from around the world. We pray the blessing of God be upon your life. And today we're talking about soul health, as we have been for the last couple of weeks. And I know this message is beginning to take root in people's lives. The emails I've been receiving and the, the thanks that people's been sending me. I know it's having tremendous effect. So let's just believe today that today's message, will open, you'll open up your heart, ready to receive and that this word can come into your home and it can come into your soul and we can develop soul health. Because that's what we're talking about, soul health. And I want to take a particular uh, line today, continuing this message. And uh, you know, I'm often asked when I do uh, leadership training, or should, people will say to me, what do you think is the, a leader's greatest gift? And I say, well, what do you think is a leader's greatest gift? And some people will say, well, it's vision. Some will say it's courage. Some will say determination. And, and, you know, the list goes on and on and on. And all those things, all those things are very powerful in their own context. And I don't think there's ever one thing that a leader uh, distinguishes himself. uh, I said there's one thing that distinguishes a leader from another leader. But there is one thing inside every leader that does make a tremendous difference to every person. It's not just a leader, but it's to everyone. And that is the human emotions Every leader, irrespective of how gifted, how talented, how knowledgeable they are, they carry a body, and inside that body, there is a soul, and if that soul does not have health, all that they know, all that they are, all their talent, all their wisdom, can very easily be unseated. So I would say to you today, I think the leader's greatest asset a believer 's greatest asset, a parent 's greatest asset is soul health, stable emotions, because everything sits inside of you is carried inside of you, and if you if all is not well with your soul, then you are a potential uh, or I should say you, potentially you're in trouble you can it will affect your emotions it'll affect how you relate with people it'll affect how you interpret how you process how you do so many things so soul health to me is one of the most important things and it's something the Bible talks a lot about Psalm 42 verse 5 and listen to what it says why are you downcast oh my soul he's asking us a question What is it inside of your soul that makes you miserable makes you uh, unbalanced makes you crazy makes you uh, erratic what is it what is wrong with our soul he's asking the question he says why is it so disturbed within me and every now and then it's good for us to ask the question why is my soul feeling the way it is today why am I disturbed or what is disturbing me inside of my soul and then he says this Uh, why so disturbed within me put your hope in God for I yet will praise him my Savior and my God so why are you downcast that's that's the question he asks he says oh my soul so there's the area speaking to his own soul and then he says why is why are you disturbed why are you so disturbed within me? Why, why is this water, this water inside of my soul pushing me to the left, to the right? I feel I'm being tossed up and down, up and down. Rather than being sailing on calm waters, the waters inside my soul seem to be throwing me out of equilibrium. And he says this, he says, put your hope in God. So now he's, he's, he's telling his spirit now, put your hope in God. So the spirit is speaking to his soul is saying, soul, you and I need to make a journey and we need to put our hope in God rather than in flesh and blood. So, Psalm 116, Psalm 116 says this, verse 7. So we looked at Psalm 42, verse 5, Psalm 116, verse 7. He says, be at rest once more, O my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. Be at rest once more so if we if we experience rest we've got to find out how we get this rest so we know the way back we know the way back so we can get the rest sometimes in life we get dragged away from center point but he's saying soul you must find the way to get everything back in the right order he says the Lord has been good to you now when we think we've been looking at Alvin Toffler's statement about uh, the illiterate of the 21st century will not be those who can't read not th- th- those who can't write but it's those who can't think those who are unwilling to unlearn what they were they were once taught and then it's those who by through their unlearning they're able then to rethink so there's learning there's unlearning and there is relearning We must go through this in our life constantly we must take this journey and the soul has to every now and then the soul has to think the soul has to rethink the soul has to uproot some stuff so that new seeds can be planted inside the the vineyard so that the soul finds its health now this is important. I want you to cons- carefully consider the words of Solomon with me today. And I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 21. Now I'm going to take a particular line today that you may not have ever contemplated, but bear with me as we go on this journey. Bear with me. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 21. And we're going to break this verse down. And I'm going to highlight some areas that will affect our soul and... And in this scripture, you're going to see some areas that, the, that Solomon speaks of that ultimately affects the health of our soul. So he says in verse 31, sorry, verse 21 of chapter 3, my son, so he's speaking to someone who's dear to him, my son. So if this is you reading this today, my son, my daughter, listen to what he says. Preserve sound judgment and discernment. Don't let them out of your sight. They will be life for you. An ornament to grace your neck. Then you'll go on your way in safety. And your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you'll not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Have no fear of sudden disaster. Or of the ruin that overtakes the wicked. For the Lord will be your confidence. And he will keep your foot from being snared i want you to think for a minute if you have a pen i want you to write down these four key words i'm going to give you now four key words and we're going to unpack these words i want you to write down the word rest if you're if you're asking how do i bring my soul into health well the first word i want you to think about is rest the second word i want you to write down is the word peace. So we have rest and we have peace. The third word I want you to write down is the word order. Rest, peace, and order. And the last word is the word harmony. So we have rest, peace, order, and harmony. Now if we want to have a peaceful, tranquil, healthy soul life we need these four areas working in our lives for without these four areas working your soul will always be turbulent so let me say them again to you rest peace order and harmony I'm going to take you through this journey you're going to see how these affect our lives in a minute I'm going to come back to Proverbs uh, 3.21 But let's just go on a journey for a second Proverbs 3.21 is going to be our anchoring point So from 21 to verse 25 of Proverbs 3 This is our golden text today This is the anchoring point We're going to focus around there But I'm giving you four words out of that text Rest, peace, order and harmony So let's go to Psalm 62 verse 5 He says Find rest O my soul Find rest O oh, my soul, in God alone, my hope comes from You. So the soul has to find rest, and there is a place, and there is a person who can give our soul rest. Rest is important. Rest is critical. It's not rest in something; it's rest in someone. We have to rest in someone, not in something. Let me say that again. Our hope needs to rest in someone, not something, because something is always subject to change. But this God, who never changes, the same today, yesterday, and forevermore, this one is the same; He's, he's constant. So He says, "Find rest." Well, whom? Find rest, O oh my soul. Well, where am I going to find it? It's not where; it's who. My God, in, in God alone, my hope comes from Him. Then go to Luke eleven twenty-four. So there's rest rest is in one, not something now let's go to Luke 11 verse 24 now this is a scripture maybe you have read many many times but I want you to pick up the word order order when an evil spirit comes out of a man it says it goes in Luke eleven twenty four. 24, when an evil spirit comes out of a man, it goes through arid places, dry, arid places. We're talking about deliverance. So when a spirit's cast out, it goes into dry, arid places. Now just watch this. It goes uh, through places seeking rest. The spirit looks for rest. It can't find rest because it, has, it looks for someone to find its rest in. Now watch this, it finds rest and does not find it, see it can't find rest. Spirits cannot find rest, because the very place they were created to have that rest, God, they rebelled, they have no rest. But your soul can find rest in God alone, spirits can't. Let's pick up this, this rest of this verse, then it says, I will return to the house that I left. Why? Because it's looking for this rest. But then, what did it find? We're going to find the next word, order. Watch. I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house swept clean and put into order. Now, spirits can enter into somebody, if we read the rest of that verse, if we put principles into our lives the moment God delivers us, Then we give no entrance for any spirit to enter our lives. Therefore, our soul is guarded. Now, the spirit comes back looking for disorder. But the house is put back into order. Now, this is your house, your body, your spirit and your soul is your house. Now, the very thing that you and I need is rest and your soul needs order. In other words, your spirit has to be the leader. Your body then has to be taken care of, and your soul has to be taken care of. But the spirit has to be the leader. But if your soul is leading you, your body will follow. If your body follows, your soul. Sorry, if your body leads, your soul will follow. But your spirit must always be the leader or your soul will shut you down, your body will shut you down, but the, but the spirit man has to say, hey soul, I'm talking to you in there, it's time for you and I to praise the Lord, it's time for you and I to find some rest, it's time for you to be put back in order. So the soul needs order, and how do we find order? By living by principles. Principles is what brings us into alignment and in order. So let's pick up this word. So we found rest. We've seen order. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. And we're going to find the word harmony. And we're going to find the word peace. Peace and harmony. Wow. Rest and order. Peace and harmony. Let's pick it up. Verse 8, 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 8 finally all of you live in harmony now he's talking about with one another harmony harmony has to be within you and it has to be beyond you every family needs harmony every family needs peace every soul needs harmony and every soul needs peace now the result of your soul being in order means it will find peace and harmony if there's no order there's no peace and harmony now watch this Finally, all of you, live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. love as brothers. Be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with an insult, but with blessing because things you were called to are uh, called, so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil, see? There's order now. Keep your tongue from evil. Because when your tongue speaking evil, what happens is all your emotions and all your soul is upside down. You're venting anger. It's all out of order. <clears throat> he must turn from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. So we see peace comes through relationships with other people. Peace comes how I allow my mouth to be used. The evil I allow to enter into my house. Remember those spirits come looking. They come looking for disorder. Why? They're the ones who come looking for disorder. Because they need a place to rest. They rest in your disorder. Spirits rest in your disorder. They feed on your disorder. But if the house is swept and it's and it's put in order. And the door is guarded. Then they have no place. But here we see. It says seek peace and Pursue it. Now we must think in terms of soul health. We must think in terms of soul health. Because it's critical to the body. Now think of it. Sleep. Let's go back to Proverbs for a second. It says, when you lie down, Proverbs 3, 24. I said this is going to be our anchor in scripture. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Now think of that. Sweet sleep. Sweet sleep. Sleep. if you're going to find rest if you're going to find peace and harmony and you're going to find order then sleep is critical to the soul anyone who's got a newborn baby and Tom, uh, a cameraman here he's got a new baby and uh, he knows the price of sweet sleep and anyone who's raised children or young children will know that sleep and sweet sleep are two different things Sweet sleep. I want you to write that word down. Sweet sleep. Not just sleep. Sweet sleep. So, how we sleep, what we go to sleep with in our mind, with, will determine how we sleep and the type of sleep we have and it will ultimately determine the type of rest that our body receives. You know there's a big difference between sleep and rest. I often tell my wife, And I often tell Phil the elder, when they're getting up all hours in the morning, I say, you, if you get up at three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning, you keep doing that and you go downstairs, you will train your body that four o'clock in the morning is okay. It's all right for you to be disturbed in your sleep and go downstairs. I say, stay in bed, no matter how uncomfortable it feels, stay in bed. Why? Because there's a difference between rest and sleep. Even when you're not sleeping, your body can still be resting. But people get up and they go back to work. And they think, well, I might as well use the day. No, 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 no. That's a trap that people fall into. So I hate lying in bed when I'm not asleep. But I have to tell myself, rest. And you know what happens? I've trained my body to do that, and I go back to sleep. Sleep and rest are two different things. If we don't get enough sleep, you know, at some point, we're going to need a physical garage. Or we're going to need an operating table. Uh, But this will affect our ability to function, process, and be effective in life the soul needs a body the body needs the soul the spirit needs the body or without the body there is no you know the spirit cannot be it can communicate we not know what everything that god's given us is inside a human body is in given everything god's given us is inside my spirit so if you have a destiny today you need to take care of your soul and your body because your spirit can only be in charge when you give it the power so Rest, peace, order, sorry, rest, peace, order and harmony. You know, it's amazing isn't it? when people die, we say rest in peace. Rest in peace. No, no, no. We can rest in peace before we die. I don't want to die before I rest in peace. I need to rest in peace this side of the grave, not the other side of the grave. So sleep affects us mentally, physically, emotionally, which putting them together, I use this word solistically. Solistically. It's not a word. I've created this word so therefore it's now officially a word we are solistic people we feel we think solistically we think with our emotions we feel with our emotions and and if these emotions take hold of us they will steer us in ways that we can be dangerous can be dangerous we can be predictable we can be unpredictable emotions Are very very dangerous things when they're not controlled your body requires nutrients your body requires rest your body requires inward peace your mind needs peace and your body and your mind and your spirit needs a sense of order and obviously bringing all those things together it creates a sense of harmony so you might not know that there are five stages to your sleep. And any one given night, there are five cycles that your sleep goes through. The first one is called wake. We all know what wake is. Wake can happen at three times. It can either be wake as you're going into a sleep, but you're still awake. You can wake during the sleep and you can wake at the end of the sleep. Well, hopefully you wake at the end of your sleep or you'd be dead. But wake happens and it happens in a cycle. That's why people wake up in the middle of the night. And what happens is it's, it happens prior, middle or at the end of the sleep. The second stage is called light sleep. Now, you may be a light sleeper like I'm a light sleeper. Well, what happens in your body when you're in light sleep means that your muscles begin to relax. Your respiration slows down. You breathe slower. Your heart rate decreases. And your body temperature drops. That's why you feel a bit cold when you're you, you know, light sleeping. And then sleep occurs. So sleep, now you're asleep. Third stage is deep sleep. Now, deep sleep focuses on your body uh, to rejuvenate the body. Now your body's on charge. This is why if you lie down that way, this is amazing. The angles of your sleep determine what type of sleep you have. If you're cat napping, a power nap as we call it, and we just nap for 10 minutes, it's amazing how you can get a quick burst of energy. Now, if I sleep in a certain way, I can catnap. But it's not the same as if I lie down flat. If I lie down flat, I'm gone. But if I lie down at an angle, I don't go in as a deep sleep. Now, you may be the same or you may be totally different. But the body begins to be restored when you get the sleep that you need. Restored. It begins to... uh, Sleep focuses on your body; it rejuvenates, restores, repairs, and the brain begins to flush out its waste. Now, that's a strange concept, but the brain actually begins to flush out the waste. Now, fourth stage is what we call the REM, the Rapid Eye Movement. It takes about ninety minutes, and it's in a deep state of charge. Now, the REM, you know, um, energizes your mind. It energizes the mind. So, when you wake up, you feel, "Wow, I'm ready to go. I'm ready." It's not just about the body now; the mind is charged. So, the, you know, the uh, third stage is about the body. The fourth one is about the mind. It charges the mind up so it's ready and active. That's why first-class travel, those who get first-class travel, who can enjoy first-class travel, when they get off the plane, their body's in the right, sp- uh, in the right health, their mind's in the right way, so they can go about the business. Now, that's nice luxury if you can afford it. But rapid eye movement, engages the mind. And this is when you begin to go into the dreams, and you, you go into memory consolidation and you learn, um, problem solve. And the time we spend in the REM state, it decreases with our age. So sadly, the older we get, we experience that less and less. And Then the final stages, we repeat all the, the other four. We repeat all the other four. So go with me to Proverbs three twenty-four. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. So when you lie down, you'll not be afraid. See, there's there's the soul's in a good place. When you lie down, you'll not be afraid. You can't sleep if your soul is troubled. When you lie down, you'll not be afraid. When you lie down, you your sleep will be sweet. This, I want to emphasise this sweet sleep because it's such a key promise that God wants us to all experience sweet sleep where there's no trouble. We lie down with a clear conscience. Why? Because everything's put in order. Watch this. So in the midst of chaos and, and harmony, it's amazing, you know, when the God who tells us these principles demonstrated these principles before our eyes. Let's go to Matthew 8, 24. Now, Here we see there is a storm. The disciples are inside the boat. And Jesus is asleep. Who sleeps in the midst of a storm? Well, the answer to that is Jesus. The answer to that is you and I. So you can be in a storm, but the storm does not have to be in you. You can be in a storm, but the storm does not have to be within you. I remember the story that Tundi Bakari told us one year. Uh, that's the pastor in Nigeria. And uh, some of you may have heard him, some of you may not. And one night, he is a he's a radical opposition to corruption, is is the Dr. Tundi. And he tells a story of the night then he felt the government was coming after him to arrest him. And they were doing something illegal. This was not a, a legal arrest. This was an illegal arrest. He said then his family were all praying upstairs. He said i am at rest i know the government potentially are coming to take me away and who knows what they'll do with me if they take me away he said but i'm going to bed he said because this storm is not in me it'll pass i'm okay and his family stayed up all night praying and he went to sleep he said i had one of the best nights sleep he slept like a baby now what does that testimony tell us that tells us that though the storm was around him the storm was not inside him and he went to sleep and here's jesus It's almost like Jesus deliberately went to sleep because he knew his moment was about to come to pass. And he knew the disciples were ready to be freaking out. They were freaking out. The storm was raging and Jesus is asleep. I don't know what freaks them out the most. The fact that the storm is raging or this guy's asleep in the boat. But to sleep in the boat when a storm is raging is something that God wants us all to be able to do. Now watch this, without warning, in verse 24 of Matthew chapter 8, without warning, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. Notice, he was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? In other words, guys, I sent in this boat now, there's no peace. There's no harmony. There's no rest. There's no order. Where has your faith got to? I'm in the boat. Everything's okay. So we go back to find rest, O oh my soul, and find it in God alone. Jesus knew His Father. Jesus knew his destiny, he knew his purpose, he knew he wasn't going to die in that boat, and he knew they, he knew they weren't going to die in that boat, because he, he has a purpose. But he needs to go to sleep, he's tired, and he says, that's okay, it, it, all is well with my soul, I can sleep. So then they say to them, you have little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds And the waves and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Well, he's one who understands sweet sleep. What kind of man is this? This is the man that knows how to kill the storm inside him. It doesn't matter what storm's going on around you as long as it doesn't come on on the inside. Because when it comes on on the inside, it's going to destroy the harmony. It's going to give you no peace. It's going to give you no rest. And it will throw everything that was in order out of order. Your soul needs rest. Your soul needs peace. Your soul needs order. And it will come into harmony. So, sleep is sweet. Now, now, I don't know about you, but if you ever want to get a glimpse of people behavior and and how strange it is, you know, you have to look no further than look at a married couple and how they share their bed. Every couple has sleeping patterns and every couple has fights, storms inside the bed regarding how the other one is sleeping. And how they want all the bed, and how they want all the covers, and how they want to dominate the whole thing. And you're left there, or I'm left there, she's left there, thinking, how can I get some rest when I'm sleeping next to this guy who wants to dominate all the bed space? Well, (laughs) it's in You know, I've come to the conclusion that inside every bedroom, there is a territorial warfare in the bedroom. There is border control and there is poor lane management. And I'm just talking about my wife. (laughs) And you could talk about your partner. Border control, poor lane management, territorial warfare, all over this piece of land called a bed. You know, why? Because we're all fighting for that one thing called sweet sleep. Sweet sleep inside that bed. Most beds need their own Mexican wall so you can tell your partner, stay, that's your side. This is border control. You stay on your side, I stay on my side. I say to my wife, why is it when you got into bed, you got in on my right hand side, but now you want to drift over onto the left hand side? It's calling an, illig- an illegal move. She likes to drift into my territory and we laugh about this time and time again and I know she'll be laughing right now as she's watching this. Couples fight over the legitimacy of space. They argue over who's got more of the covers than the other. Some, when they sleep, throw the covers off. I'm too hot, I can't sleep. can't sleep with these covers on. And they're leaving the other partner to go to sleep in the Ice Age. Some have to sleep with the bedroom window open. Others like it closed. Others go to bed with their pyjamas on, their coat, their hat, their scarf, Others go to sleep in just their boxer shorts. So many people. We have so many different types of sleepers. We have, you know, those who, the star, the star, what I call the starfish sleepers. They sleep like that. They take all the room. They maximize every bit of space. And we have the baby fetus sleepers, those who cover up with a thumb in the mouth. We have the hibernation sleeper, the one who gets all the covers and hides right down and won't move and refuses to come out because it's so warm and snuggly in there. And then we have the noisy sleeper, the one who makes a noise all through the night. We have the terrorist sleeper. What's that? That's the one who demands and throws out, demands, get on that side or are you going to get this? Get out of there. And all of a sudden, you have all this kind of nonsense going on. Why? Because they all want that thing called rest and sweet sleep. And they feel that if I get on that side of the bed, And have a bit more territory, I'm getting closer to that thing called rest and sweet sleep. But it doesn't happen. Why? Because sweet sleep is in the soul. How you get into bed, what's going on in your mind. I mean, obviously, a good bed is worth its weight in gold. A good bed is worth its weight in gold. But you can buy a lot of things in life, but you can't buy peace. You can't buy a good night's sleep. You are a human being, my friend. You're not a human doing. And if you're a human being, you must understand the laws of the game. The laws of the game means if the soul is not at rest, your body will not just automatically follow. Remember, how you go to sleep and what's in your mind and what's in your soul will determine the sleep you have and the rest that you get. Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3.21 My son, preserve sound judgment. Discernment. Don't let them out of your sight. Let me say that again. Preserve judgment, sound judgment and discernment. Don't let them out of your sight. If you want to live with good soul health, then we must understand that blessings are the result of you and I obeying God's word and instruction. If we want If you and I want a good night's sleep and we want good soul health, then we must understand that blessings are the result of you and I obeying God's instruction. In this scripture here, the first thing he says is, develop, let me read that, preserve sound judgment and discernment. Preserve sound judgment. Why, Why are these two words so important? Well, I'm going to show you. Sound judgment is the capacity to assess a situation or circumstances in a shrewd way. And to draw sound conclusions. You see, think of the opposite. When you don't assess circumstances in a balanced, shrewd way, your emotions get kicked out of order and straight away there you lose your peace you lose your harmony and the soul is out of kilter and you have that soleosis which is curvature of the soul in other words it could be it could be the way you think it could be the way you process could be the way you you uh, then uh, deal with those emotions you have your soul comes out of alignment and so many believers live with this curvature of the soul of which i call soleosis and it says here, preserve sound judgment and discernment. These are so important. If you want this soul, if you want rest and you want health and sweet sleep, you must develop. Pers- so you must develop. Um, preserve sound judgment and discernment sorry sound judgment is the capacity to assess the situation or a circumstance shrewdly and to draw sound conclusions sound judgments which should be the distinguishing feature of every person's nature the next thing is discernment so that's sound judgment let's look at discernment now we're not talking about discernment of spirits now we're talking something different watch discernment is the ability to obtain a sharp perception a sharp perception that enables you to then judge well accurately without judgment discernment involves sorry within judgment Discernment involves going past the mere perception of something and being able to grasp and comprehend what is obscure and out of sync. In other words, it just doesn't stop at a judgment. It's able to discern what's out of alignment. Wow. Now, if we're going to get this soul in order, we must not just judge, we must have discernment we must have sound judgment with discernment so that we can obtain, we can sort the mess out, we can see what's going wrong and we're able to put our finger on it and bring it back into order. Now, before you do it with other people, start doing it with yourself. Don't try and bring sound judgment into somebody else's life when your own is not fixed we must I'm talking to you today about fixing you not you fixing everybody else you and I must operate in these principles now the next thing it says in this verse of Proverbs chapter 3 verse 21 he says and don't let them out of your sight don't let these qualities these instructions don't let them out of your sight. In other words, once you recognize that you need them, pursue them. You must possess them with determination and diligence. Now, chapter 2, uh, two Peter 1, verse 8. Watch this now. 2 Peter 1, verse 8. And Peter says this, the more you grow like this, in other words, the more determination you show, the more productive, useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the more you grow like this, so if you take all the sound judgment, discernment, and you pursue them as being key, keys for your soul health, he says, the more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way, in other words, those who don't possess diligence, those who don't possess sound judgment, those who don't possess discernment, are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. He says, see, dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Work hard. Work hard. In other words. If you're going to. Show God. That you can be one trusted. And you can be a vessel that God can use. Then you must have good soul health. God has invested everything. In seed form. And he's put it into you. That's called your spirit. But your soul now. Is the very thing. That attacks your spirit. And undermines. And tries to. Uh, yeah undermine is probably the right way. It undermines everything that God has says and he tries to cheapen and it tries the soul wants to be the voice. But the seed inside here says I don't respond to you like this. I have a different order. Because I I am order, I'm in order, I have rest, I have peace. I have harmony. This seed has been given by God Almighty. And it says, now, if you want to partake, soul, of what's in this seed, then you have got to stop claiming that you're the leader. This is the leader. I'm the leader. So therefore, shut up, soul, and start being taught, and let me bring you into order. And then you will find rest for your soul. Then you will find harmony. Then you'll find peace. So then he says this. Do these things with diligence and you will never fall away. If you do these things with diligence, the promise is you'll never fall away. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So Peter's telling us that. If we really want to get our soul in health uh, in, in a state of health, then you must grow and you must pursue, but you must pursue the right things, such as sound judgment, discernment, and you must not let them out of your sight. Some people are critical, and do you know why they're critical? They're critical because they don't have sound judgment. They just make a judgment based on what they think, what they feel. That's not what it's saying. He says the capacity to assess or a situation or a circumstance shrewdly and draw a sound conclusion. Sound judgment, which should be, it should be a distinguishing feature in all of us. The The ability to draw a sound conclusion. Not an emotional judgment, a sound conclusion. And discernment is the ability to obtain a sharp perception or to judge very well within judgment discernment involves us going past just perception but it helps us to grasp and comprehend what is out of sync I like that definition so Jesus says I perceive that you're this I perceive you're that Jesus was going past the point of judgment and he put his finger on the issue and said, if you take that, address this, move that over there, come forward. And he's, so he didn't judge them. He's helping them to fix the soul. He's saying, fix this, do that, do this, and I can bring you beyond judgment. Wow. So the lady with the issue of blood. We spoke about this lady last week. Matthew 9 verse 18. Let me read this verse out to you. While he was saying this. A ruler came. And knelt before him. And said my daughter. Has just died. But come and put your hand on her. And she will live. Jesus got up and went with him. So did his disciples. Just then a woman. Who had been subject to bleeding. In other words. Her body was in need of repair. This physical problem. Brought. Inside this woman, shame. Because she knew Levitical law. And she knew that if she was going to approach anything holy, then she has no right in this condition to approach. She first has to be cleansed before she can approach. But here's the different rule now. Jesus, Jesus is showing us that you come as you are, but you don't stay as you are. You come, Though you come as you are, you do not stay as you are. I wish most Christians would understand this. Most Christians would say, well, you know, Jesus forgives us, so therefore you can't judge me. Stop right there. It's not called judgment, it's called accountability. If you keep on behaving like you did previously, that's not judgment, that's accountability. You need to be accountable for your actions. So here he's saying to this woman, or this woman, she has a thought to herself. She says, ah, it's a new day dawning on me. I'm going to push in why because my soul is is in a state of despair 12 years and her body is in a need of repair so her soul and her body are damaged but she says to herself and she moves determinedly she makes a different judgment she has a different perception about her that day if i can just touch the hem of his garment i will be healed not I might be, not I can be, I will be healed. Now she now moves every bit of sanity she's got left. She takes the soul and the body into the God of zone, the God zone. And all of a sudden Jesus turns around to her and says, Let's have a look what he says. He says, uh, For 12 years came up behind him and touched him the day of his cloak. She said to herself, If I only touch his cloak, I'll be healed. And Jesus turned and saw her take heart, daughter. See? take our daughter he didn't condemn her. he didn't stop at a judgment he went past that watch this and he says your faith has healed you your faith always will heal you and the woman was healed from that moment there's always a moment to bring the body and the soul into alignment so the instruction given from Proverbs tells us that judgment and discernment are needed And you and I must pursue them. He said, don't let them out of your sight. And that woman had discernment and she had made a different judgment. He said, they will be life for you, Proverbs says. They will be life for you. Imagine that. If we pursue sound judgment and discernment, he said, not only will they be, um, don't let them out of your sight. He said, they will be life for you. They're like an ornament round your neck. They will Then you will go on your way in safety and your foot will not stumble. That is an amazing promise to give us. So if you and I want to live in good soul health. Then we must honor those who are teaching us how to live. This is so, so important. So many times we fight those. We fight the hand that feeds us. Proverbs 620 says this. My son, my son. When God speaks to you, he speaks to you as a son and he speaks to me as a son or he speaks to you as a daughter. My son, your father's commands, he says, keep your father's commands and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Our parents are so instrumental in our lives. Bind them upon your heart forever and fasten them around your neck. Parents, are such a blessing from God and if your parents uh, if you haven't got no parents or you've never had parents then God will be your parent God will be your father God can't be your mother but God's your father and you know we must honor those who God has given us in our life if it's our mothers and fathers are not here no more then we honor the teachers that God gives us because honor is a key principle to you and I coming into health so honor and value Honour and value those who have taught you principles in the past, in the present, and in your future. Honour those who, who labour and to teach you and to show you better things. Those who do it now. Not those who have, have just done it. You, you know Those who, who did it past, that's your mum and dad or your teachers. You honour them. Those who are doing it now, you must honour them. You must show discernment and sound judgement with these people. And those who will do it to you in the future. Don't be a hypocrite. Make sure you have this sound judgment and this discernment inside you. So Proverbs keeps telling us, when you walk, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. These principles. When you wake, they will speak to you. For these commands are a lamp. The teaching is a light and the correction of, disciplines, of discipline are the way of life. Now, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. 1 Timothy 4.12 If you and I want to develop good soul health, then you must, listen, you must develop, sorry, devote yourself to what God has instructed you to do. If you and I want good soul health, then you must devote yourself to what God has instructed you to do and you must guard what has been deposited inside of you. So you must devote yourself to what God has instructed and you must guard what has been imparted. These are so, so key. Timothy, watch this. Paul is talking to this young man. This young man is a very gifted man and this man has got a message, an apostolic message. Is a young man and he's going to have to talk some big boy language. So Paul is telling him as a father, son, get ready for what's coming your way. Listen to what he says. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. Now, he's telling him that because he knows that's exactly what's going to happen. And when people look down on you, what's the first thing it affects? It affects you mentally and it affects you emotionally. And he says, son, you're going to have to stand your ground. You're going to have to learn to take hold of what's been instructed to you. And you're going to have to guard what's been deposited in you and there's nothing like other people who bring judgments against you to upload. Sorry, to uproot what's been deposited inside of you. They're going to affect you mentally. They're going to affect you psychologically. They're going to affect you emotionally. They're going to even try to hurt you physically. But son, you must stand. You and I, so we can be surrounded by the storm. But he's trying to tell Timothy, don't let the storm enter you. You can have sleep in the midst of the storm. Watch, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. Guard your heart, your mind, and your soul. Set an example for the believers. Set an example for the believers in speech. Watch, in speech, in life, in love, and in faith. Set an example. In other words, you're going to show people how you can carry good soul health. Set it in speech. So the words that come out of your mouth, are not troubled wa- they're not troubled words. They are peaceful words. They're strong words, but they're also peaceful words. In life, in other words, let your life show that your soul is in perfect harmony with God. He says, in faith. In other words, don't be naming and claiming. Stand in faith. Be assured of what God has spoke to you. In faith. Stand with what God has spoken. Take the instruction. Don't move. Don't deviate away from it. Stand in faith. And the last one he says, in purity. Purity of heart. Purity of mind. Wow. These are keys for your soul health. Until I come. Until I come. So there's going to be an absence. There's going to be a delay. Watch this. He says, until I come, devote. Devote means to pursue. To pursue totally after us what we were already told previous in Scripture. Devote yourself to the yourself sorry, devote yourself to what? It says to the public reading of Scripture. How does faith come? It comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. So as you read Scripture out to yourself, it comes. See when I read my Bible, there are many ways you can read your Bible. You can read your Bible quietly or you can read it out to yourself, and it's good to read it out to yourself. Because faith comes by hearing. It's a little practice I have. I read it to myself. So public scripture. Then it says this. Watch. Devote yourself to public reading of scripture. To preaching. Now you might not be a preacher. But you can preach to yourself. Preach yourself happy. When everyone else is not giving you any feedback. When everyone else is not helping you. Preach to yourself. You know, I sing to myself all the time. You always know where I am in this building. You always know where I am in society because you can always hear me singing wherever I go. Do you know why? Because in my soul, I'm happy. In the factory that I used to work, it was a huge factory. You could always always knew where I was because I was always singing. Why? Because I believe God's put a song in my heart and that is my protection. It guards my soul. I sing my way into health. I sing my way out of a storm, and I sing my way into health. You know the song, when you walk through the storm, walk on, walk alone? Well, I don't walk alone. I walk with God. I walk with God. I sing my way into health. I said, yes, try and do that. Listen to what he says. Preaching and teaching, do not, do not neglect the gift which was given to you through the prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. I'm telling you today, do not neglect what God has put inside of you. For many of you watching me, I've laid my hands on you. And I prophesied over you over the years what God has been saying to us, to you. And I'm encouraging you today to lay hold of those prophecies, to lay hold of the God who spoke the word. Why? Because these go back to the God. Find rest, O my soul. Find rest in God alone. So the one who spoke them is the same one who's telling you to go back to the source and keep hold of him. Then he says this. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and your doctrine closely persevere in them you know we've heard the word persevere pursue be diligent don't neglect because if you do watch this Here's the is the is the sting in the tail if you don't do any of the above listen to what he says Paul says to Timothy if you don't do these so if you do these things you'll save yourself number one There's a good motivation save yourself and you'll save your hearers You'll save yourself, you'll save your family, you'll save your friends, you'll save your work colleagues, you'll save your boss. Oh yeah, what's going on inside you affects everybody else outside of you. So then, I don't know about you, but I want some sweet sleep. Anybody out there want some sweet sleep? I want you this week, if you will, to text, to get on Facebook and and, and hit this sweet sleep. Come on. Let let me see what the response rate is through the camera. I want you to let me know. Sweet sleep. That's our code word for this week. Sweet sleep. Sweet sleep. Let me know that you're awake on the other side of the camera. Just put on Facebook. Sweet sleep. Send your greetings. Sweet sleep. In lockdown. Hears you. Receives you. Message. Received and understood. So. He says, when you lie down, you'll not be afraid. So if you can't get any sleep tonight because of your soul is in a place, then you've got to remember, you might have been in Egypt, but Egypt doesn't have to live inside of you. There may be a storm going on, but it doesn't have to live in you. Find rest, O oh my soul. Find it in God alone. Wow. When you lie down, you'll not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep. Will be sleep. And you'll have no fear of sudden disaster. Or the ruin that will overtake the wicked. For the Lord will be your confidence and he will keep your foot from being snared. Wow. Isaiah 50, four, Isaiah 50 verse 4 said, The sovereign Lord has given me an instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the word. Now watch this, as you're coming out of your sleep now, here's one, of the, here's one of the key factors now that is one of the fruits and the proofs of you having sweet sleep and finding this place what's what's going to happen now here's the fruit the sovereign lord has given me an instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary in other words that word that has now entered inside me and sustaining me now i'm going to wake up in the morning and i'm going to have that same word that sustained me and now god's going to show me who to speak the same word over now I'm going to pay it forward. Now I'm going to look for somebody else to bring into sweet sleep. He says, uh, morning by morning. Sorry, he state. Sorry, the sovereign Lord has given me an instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to listen like one that's being taught. In other words, and now from that place of sweet sleep, he says, go and find somebody else. And sow your peace, sow your harmony, sow your order, sow into somebody else. When a person lives with good soul health, the spirit is in receive mode. The body's lying down, it's being charged up, and the spirit is open and God begins to sow things in the middle of the night. So when you wake up in the morning... You are, your soul is refreshed, your soul is clear, your soul is clean. And watch this. And morning by morning, he takes my ears so that I can know the sound judgment and the discernment of the Spirit. Why? Because it's been sown into me through the night, because there's rest. My mind is not in the way. The word is alive on the inside. And if you can sow and impart, just like Paul told Timothy. Guard what you've been given. Go and impart it. Don't let anyone look down on you. Sow peace. Sow rest. Sow harmony into people. And lastly, the scripture says, Luke 24, verse 44. And on this, we will finish. He said to them, Luke 24, verse 44. And he said to them, this is what I told you when I was still with you everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses the prophets and the Psalms then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures now if you want good soul health you must understand these scriptures this is the very word that's got to enter into your boat so that you can sleep just like Jesus when everything around you is going crazy There is a rest that only God Almighty can give to you through his word and he has to touch your mind. Why the mind? Because the mind is the seat. The mind is the seat. The spirit of your mind now must be brought into understanding. So wherever you are at home right now, I want you to bow your head with me as we pray. And I'm going to pray that God touches your mind just as he did to those disciples on that road as he was going back after all that had just happened, the crucifixion, these guys did not know who he was. All that had been said, they, they still wasn't in, they could not figure it out. And all of a sudden, Jesus touches their minds and he brings them into understanding. So right now, bow your heads if, if you will, wherever you are right now. And I pray, Father, I pray for those who feel like they're being thrown out the boat. I pray for those. Right now, Lord, I see people in the water. I see you swimming in the water. And you see those who are in the boat. And the effort and the struggle to get out the water and in the boat is is so difficult for you. That you feel that the waves are going to be, you're going to be swept away by the wind and wave. And you're going to be cast aside. And the Lord says, reach out your hand today. This very day as you reach out your hand That the spirit of the sovereign Lord will come and he will strengthen you in the midst and he will put you back in the boat. You were always meant to get in the boat and stay in the boat, but because your turbulence, because of the internal turbulence, you have been thrown outside the boat. But today is the day the Lord says, if you call on me. I will stretch out my hand to you and I will pull you to where I am. I will bring you to where I am. And there your soul will find rest. Find rest, O my soul. Find rest in God alone. The Father comes today to give you rest, my child. But you must reach out to Him and call for Him. You must show discernment. You must show sound judgment. You must pursue Him diligently intelligently wholeheartedly, heartedly for there and only then will you find rest for your soul father i thank you for this word and i pray oh god that every one hearing this message will receive your strength in jesus name amen all well, once again i thank you for joining us it's been such a pleasure to uh, speak with you and i pray peace to you peace to your soul peace to your house and peace to your nation wherever you're listening to. God bless you. So we say again, God bless